So as you can see, we have the privilege of sitting down with the one and only Pastor Mike Todd. And we had a conversation surrounding his latest book entitled Damaged But Not Destroyed, helping you go from trauma to triumph. I absolutely love this conversation. We talked everything from what it looks like to actually forgive yourself, the importance of our mental health, and how therapy can play a role in our faith, along with the importance of not ignoring your trauma and the practical steps it takes to actually overcome your past mistakes or any hurt that's been done to you. And I had a privilege of asking him what it looks like to handle noise and the criticism that he's faced and that's happened during his time in ministry. And that response itself was worth this entire conversation and hour we were able to spend with him. So I hope you all enjoy this as much as we do. Here's our conversation with Pastor Mike Todd. All right. So Pastor Mike Todd, once again, I just want to say thank you for taking the time. Me and my brother are super appreciative and just honestly thankful for the opportunity for you to sit down. Like this is major, honestly. Bro, what are you talking about? This is the best like interview. Like I've been hype about this podcast for the past five days and uh, I'm just proud of y'all. I told you off uh, um, pod, but I want to say it on, man, what you guys are doing, the consistency, the faithfulness, um, how God is using you guys to spark up conversation and bring people towards Christ. This is beautiful, bro. It's representing. And, uh, it just reminds me so much of the journey that God took me on. And, uh, Y'all's future is not even, y'all don't even understand what God's going to do with you. So it is a pleasure for me to be sitting here with y'all because this is just different. Like that's, that's all I'm saying. It's just a different situation. You understand? So look, I'm, I'm super excited and I'm hyped. So one thing that I wanted to mention is the fact that I actually heard a quote recently. I felt related so much to your most recent book, Damaged But Not Destroyed. And it was when we allow ourselves to be defined by our worst moments, we stop a story that God has not finished writing. And I felt that related so much to a lot of the stories that like you explain, you take us through a lot of the sentiments in the book. And when you speak about damage, you know, you the cause of that can be a multitude of reasons, whether that be the actions of yeah. somebody else or maybe pain you inflicted upon yourself. And I think that at times that can be the worst type of situation to go through when it's self-inflicted wounds. And yeah. some of the worst storms are not the ones God orchestrated, but the right. ones you stepped into willingly, where there may have been like a different path yeah. that gone down. And I think that yeah. there's a lot of conversation and dialogue teachings when it, we talk about what it looks like to forgive others. But I think it's a different type of challenge when you have to understand what it looks like to forgive yourself. So when we think about yeah. damage and mistakes, what's happened in our past, I think that's our first question that I have for you, what you take us through in the book. And honestly, what that's looked like for yourself is like, how do I forgive me? What is that? What does that look like? Yeah. So, so let me, let me zoom out and back up for a second that you cannot actually be healed of any damage in your life, whether it was self-inflicted or somebody else did it to you. If you don't acknowledge that it's real. And I have to start here because I, I, I've passed through a lot of people. I speak to a lot of people. I counsel a lot of people. And the craziest thing is people that are jacked up don't admit that they jacked right. up. Like people that are angry be like, I don't got no anger problem. And everybody around them is like, bro, you kind of angry. Like you kind of hateful. Like people who have um, substance abuse problems. It, it Sometimes it's the hardest for them to recognize that like 
this is an issue. And I just want to set the, the, the record straight. The reason I'm so vulnerable in this book and the reason that I'm, I'm, I'm being so hot, humble, open and transparent is because everybody needs to know as long as we are living in this fallen world, this world that is filled with sin, all of us have experienced some type of damage. And if you don't acknowledge that, then it will be hard for God to heal it. I say it like this. God will not heal what you will not reveal. And a lot of people are in a place where they won't even acknowledge that they have damage. And so once you get past acknowledging that you have damage, then you got to look at where is the root of the damage. No, I know I've been messing with the fruit of the damage, but where's the root of it? And that's where a lot of times there has to be a season where you evaluate and you have to forgive you. Because the truth of the matter is some of my greatest storms and the things that nobody knows about is because I'm answered the phone. Right. It's because I went to their house. It's because I went and bought that mm-hmm. thing. You know what I'm saying? I logged on to that website. It wasn't like uh, something that somebody made me do. It was something that my my desires led me to and I said yes to. And um, I tell people all the time that... um. You can only move forward if you learn how to forgive. Forgiveness is a weight. It's something that unforgiveness, um, excuse me, is a weight. It's something that draws you backwards. And a lot of people, um, instead of moving forward, they're just like, I'm going to just go with all this weight. But the Bible says to lay down every weight, especially sin. Sin is not just the weight. It's that unforgiveness is a weight too. And a lot of people don't understand that like God's saying, would you get that to me? Would you give me the abortion? Would you give me? I don't know how real y'all want me you know, to be on this podcast, but we're like, we're if, here, okay. we're here. all right. Would, would, would you give me that missed opportunity? Would you give me sleeping with that person and now having to raise a baby with somebody that you don't even love, but that you sat down with for a one night stand and now you have to take responsibility? Would you give me? Because a lot of people are sitting in disaster right now, but they're not dealing with the damage. And so what I'm encouraging people right now is you can't forgive yourself unless you receive the forgiveness of God. And that is really the root of this whole thing. Like you have to know God's not mad at you. He might be disappointed in the decision, but if you come to him, his grace, he said, you can come to the throne of grace boldly. You can say, God, I messed up. I got her pregnant. God, I messed up. I lost the scholarship. God, I messed up. And he's saying, my son, my daughter, come receive this grace. Come receive this joy. Don't do it no more. I don't want you to keep going down that path, but I want you to know, that I can turn your damage into destiny. Every jacked up thing I've ever done is the thing that qualifies me to be able to speak to other people because God took my damage and he turned it into destiny. And so I don't know, man, you got me hyped up already on the first question because this this is my passion, bro, is to let people know that even when you fail, forgiveness from God allows you to forgive yourself. And then when you forgive yourself, it is way easier to forgive others. And that is the sequence of, I believe, forgiveness so that you can actually go from trauma right, to triumph. Exactly. Yo, this is a Mount Rushmore already. Is of course. It, is it, <laughs> is, this, this is a classic already. I'm rocking with it. So I want to, you mentioned something specifically when you were just talking, answering that question that I like a lot. You were talking about how God turned your disaster into destiny. And I, and I, lo- and I love yeah. this. This 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 thing that is uh, shown in the Bible as well. I'm reminded of Genesis 50, where Joseph talks about how his what his brothers did to him, and he was like, you know, what you did to me, 
you intended for bad, but God intended it for good. Right. It's beautiful. And I think this is that same thing that people have to wrestle with when they're going through damage in their own lives is recognizing that God allowed this to happen. And I think there's a lot of different ways that you can perceive that. And I think for some people, it's difficult to wrestle with that because they feel betrayed. They feel like, you know, God allowed this to happen to me. How could he? I thought he loved me. I thought he cared for me. Um, And and I'm sure that's something that you might have experienced in your own your own walk, right? In our own lives. And I just want to ask you, how how do you cope with that? And and what is a realization that you came to in these moments where you where you thought that? So let me tell you a story. Um, I don't do y'all either one of y'all have kids. Okay. All right. So, so, so for me, I have four kids um, and I have a son who has autism. Now I'm going to tell this story because I want to let you know, like the dude with crazy faith and all the different things, like life still Mm -hmm. hit my house. And and, and this is when the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. This thing is not a like, oh, I read the Bible, I pray, I tithe, I give. No bad things happen to me. That's a fairy tale. Like that's not real life. And so I'm I'm doing everything God's called me to do. And we have a son and he's progressing perfectly. And at about one and a half years old, he stops looking at us. And when you guys have kids, you'll understand like the greatest thing you can ever see in life is the 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 mixture of you and your wife and the person you love making something out of love and God blessing it and you seeing that in front of you and then to watch that that child begin to almost seemingly slip away and he's not looking and he's not eating and he's not all this other stuff so we take him to the doctor and we find out he has autism it crushed us I mean they're telling us he'll never talk he'll never do this he'll never live on his own he'll never and i'm sitting here in real conversation with god i'm like what the right. hell is going on like and i'm right. being real right now i'm <laughs> like yo real. what is going on like i got to preach on sunday and you telling me to encourage other people with hope and my son is peeing and pooping on himself every day multiple times a day until he's 6 7 years old like what is going on i thought you were good i thought mm. you were faithful i thought you were righteous and the holy spirit gave me a new revelation of who he was. Yes, by world standards, that looks unfair. But by God's standards, it was something that he allowed to happen to make us into something that he wanted us to be. God taught me in this season that he wasn't just a healer, that he wasn't just a provider, but he was a sustainer. I didn't know God as a sustainer. I wanted him to just fix it. I wanted him to just change it, but he changed me instead of changing it so that then when he changed me, my expectation changed and then God start changing the situation. I'm pleased to say that right now, my son MJ is going to school. He he just left for school right now. My son MJ is potty trained. My son MJ can tell us what he wants. He can tell us that he loves cool blue Mm -hmm. Gatorade. He can tell with ice, like he can tell us different things that they told us would never happen. God still was a miracle worker, but a lot of times we think it's unfair because the situation wasn't made how we want it to be. But many times the most horrible situation is the very thing that God will use to make you. And so I just want to encourage anybody listening who feels like it's unfair. God is not moved by your emotions. Mm. And when I say that, I'm saying he can handle all of them. You can scream, you can cuss, you can you can fight in prayer, you can war, you can do everything that you have to do. And God's saying, I'm big enough to take that. I'm here for you, my child. I'm here for you, my daughter. I'm here for you, my son. And as you come to him with that stuff, I'm telling you, he changes you. And that is the most beautiful transformation process that you can go through, even in grief, 
even in loss, even in frustration, God will do something in you that then makes you understand, like, I still don't like that it happened and you don't have to. But I do love that my God is concerned about the Mm -hmm. details of my life as well and that he will promise to never leave or forsake me. And that's why, like, man, I got so many stories of how God just literally changed me in the situation instead of changing the situation. And it was for my good. Of course. Mm -hmm. And I love that we're here right now because I think we can get in this mode in our life, whether that be mentality or perspective where we're paralyzed by this damage, whether that be like we talked about, <sighs> we're it's self-inflicted or something that we didn't ask for, could have never expected. We're looking at God like, okay, how could this happen to me? And we're maybe looking at ourselves like, how could I even do this? So, yeah. you know, after we've taken that time to recognize, nah, fam, this was of me, or this is a situation God is using for his glory or to change me in this season. Like, what is the what's next, right? I think sometimes we're just in this constant cycle of just like rehashing the moment. Like, okay, like, yo, I have this son that's, that's here now. And like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? And you're just kind of like going through the problem instead of looking at God for, okay, what's the next steps for this solution for me to get out of this, to get what you want from me in this particular moment, yeah. you know? So what does that look like? How does it look like for you? Because I think a lot of people can get stuck there. We get to the point of where I acknowledge it now. What am I, what, what happens now? So this is where the grace of God is so much bigger than all of our issues, problems, and and ideas. Like in the book, I use the story of Mephibosheth. And if you know anything about uh, Mephibosheth's story, um, he was royalty who got dropped at five years old by somebody who was supposed to care for him. And, and he was damaged and literally lost everything in the matter of a day. Like lost his title, lost his inheritance, lost his ability to walk in one day. The beautiful thing about it is King David one day comes looking for him, which is a beautiful parallel of what I believe God does for us. Whether you recognize it or not, the king is looking for you. So a lot of times the question is, what do I do? The thing that you have to recognize is God's been pursuing you. And a lot of times you don't, you don't like think like, ah, oh, that's not God. That's not God. That Yes, it is. Those people who called you, invited you to that Bible study. Mm-hmm. That's God coming to you trying to say, hey, I'm pr- trying to put you in community or somebody putting a, a tweet up or a, a TikTok up about counseling. And you feeling like, okay, man, I might need to go to counseling. That's God coming after you. Like, that's the thing you got to understand. We have a father that pursues us. And, and, and our generation is trying to figure out what do we need to do? And God's saying, do what I, what I'm just look around and do what I'm asking you to do. Like, and, and, and once you give into that process, then I think the practical things are, is to obey what you know that God is leading you to do practical steps for me. I think everybody needs to be in counseling. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care where you came from, what your zip code is, how fly you are, how many Instagram followers you have. Everybody needs to be talking to somebody about what they are going through. The Bible says there is wisdom in the multitude of counsel. And a lot of people just feel like they got it. And 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 we'll spend $150, $200, even $400, $500 on some aftermarket J's. 
And 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 you might get a couple of people like, bro, that's fresh, but your mind is jacked up. Like, and your heart is tainted. Like, and so you would rather your shoes be fresh than your heart be fresh. Right. Come on, man. Like, like this is where we got to shift the priority to the things that I think that are longevity. And that's why I love talking to y'all at 20 and 21, man. The fact that y'all are even having some of these conversations, I didn't have it. I, I didn't have people talking about health, longevity, mind, spirit, body, dealing with your issues, like being able to do that. Everybody in my generation, we just hid everything. We just acted like everything was good and struggling Mm -hmm. at one o'clock in the morning, like stuck on the website. Can't tell nobody nothing like, and I'm not saying those things don't happen, but I'm just excited. I'm, I, I look forward to what is going to happen as we start living in transparency and and not just honesty. Mm. And let me tell you the difference. Like honesty is answering the question when somebody asks you, but transparency is offering Mm. up what's going on and nobody asks you. And a lot of people been honest, but they haven't been transparent because they don't have a lot of people in their life that will actually ask them or, or, or get on the right subjects because we isolate. And so I think a practical step is counseling. One more practical step is community. I think everybody needs community. Who knows you for real? Fact. Like who actually can say you lying? Like, no, that's not what you said. You said, oh, girl was bad yesterday. And now you in here front like you don't like her. Like I saw you in the DMs last night sending her kissy faces. Like, what are you talking about? Like, who is in your life like, bro, you said you was going to college. Why are you not going now? Are you following such and such who told you da, 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 da. But I thought God told you last week. Like, and if you don't let people close enough to you, I'm leery of people who get fr- new friend groups yeah. every year. Because what they get to do is start over don't with people who don't know them. Mm. <laughs> Come on, man. And so I think that um, the Bible talks about our healing actually coming in community. The, 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 uh, let me say it like this. When, when people needed to get healed, he said, we'll pray for you. He said, but your healing comes when you tell, when you confess your sins one to another, pray for each other. And that's where healing comes. It's not at the altar. It's not at, at, at the pastor praying for me. It's your your homeboy, your your homegirl, like your sis, right. like whoever your people is. It's those people in community, no really going on. That's where healing happens, man. And I think just practically awareness, counseling, community, those things will change the course of your life, bro. And I told somebody this the other day. I said, it may have not been your fault, the damage you're going through, but it is now your responsibility. Like, and if people don't actually take that serious, they'll end up using what happened to them as an excuse of why they can't reach purpose. When I really do believe that whatever you're going through is actually, if you get healed, a uh, 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 engine or it will propel you into purpose. Of course, it definitely is a generational topic and conversation when we talk about the church and therapy being open oh, being yeah. honest being transparent to this degree because we have parents who were in ministry who were elders youth pastors and you know to see the difference you know i can definitely see it from two perspectives to like what you mentioned and if you could speak to this idea of jesus and therapy i think people think that they're mutually exclusive to some degree and they contradict <laughs> each other and there's this idea that Jesus is enough. Therefore, what is the need for therapy? And that this 
Beautiful. activity is replacing him in the process of our healing or we're making that the idol or the God, the thing that we're bound down to. Nah, and so there's still, to some degree, that sentiment within the church that people Definitely. our age are hearing from their elders or those who they're taking counsel elders. from, you know? Yeah. So like, oh, what is man. the significance and how do they work together? Yeah, I call it uh, therapy and theology. I think both of them are are important to what God wants to do for, watch this, health. Like if you look at a lot of generations, they may have done things for God, but the, a lot of it was not healthy. Wow. Like a lot of it did not end. Like when you look over the life, like 60, 70 years, it's like a lot of people, my parents' age don't have friends. Like they do not have like real right. friends that been with them. They got ministry partners. They got uh like, but like they don't have like, People who will come over if there's no right. conference, like, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of them did a lot of church, but they don't know how to process their emotions. So when their children tell them something that, no, nah, we didn't raise y'all like that. It's like, mom, I'm telling you, like y'all, ne like you never right. talked to us about that. No, I remember we talked to, it's like, okay, um, maybe we live different lives, but like, it, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's because. Um, th there is a sentiment that that those two things, like you said, are don't go together. But I think they work together beautifully. I think that number one, let's ask ourselves who created our bodies. Right. God. So when He created us, He created us very complex. Like there are things that are happening, millions of things happening right now as we are sitting on this uh, Zoom from our eyelashes blink, our eye eyelids blinking to our, our mouth twitching to like us nodding our heads to our muscle flexing to somebody's foot panting. Like there are so many things happening right now and it's all happening up here in our mind firing yeah. to our whole bodies. So what ends up happening is when you experience trauma, trauma is anything that impacts you greatly. Like, and all of us have different responses to trauma. Like if you've ever been in a car accident or you ever been punched, like somebody ever punched you, like some people freeze up and fall out. You understand? Some other people, they don't feel the punch and they just turn into the incredible Hulk and they start hauling off and hitting people. Like you got to think about like, we all have responses, but all of that triggers something in our brain. And so the actual spirit is your real person. Like there's three parts of us, our spirit. That's the thing that is saved. That's the thing that when we give our life to Christ, that's the thing that is eternally changed forever. But then we have our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. That's the thing that has to be transformed. That's why we have to go to counseling. That's why, cause my mind, Paul even said it, I want to do right. But the evil, like, why do I, why do I keep wanting to go smash your girl? Why do I keep wanting to smoke weed? Why do I keep, like, I know the right thing to do is because it's, we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so it, it, it's getting those principles into practices. And that's why I say counseling is so important because once you get it and the word hits you and your spirit is like, let's go, let's change. It's like, how do I practically rewire my mind where I've always been afraid? But the Bible says, be strong and courageous. Like, where's the connection to that? Like, how do I get from afraid to strong and courageous? 
I have to renew my mind. I have to read the word as well as I may have to talk about all the moments in my life where I was afraid. I hated the dark. I hate, I watched Friday the 13th when I was six years old and it scared the crap out of me. And from that old, that's been a foothold to the enemy to scare me of different things. Like you gotta be able to communicate those things. And I think that when we talk about those three areas that are our, our spirit, our soul, and then our body, the body is, is the thing that we have to get control over, but you can't get control of your body if you do not give over control of your mind. And so a lot of times the church has just focused exclusively on the spirit. And so they do not exclude, they don't um, focus at all on the soul and the body. And so the soul and the body be wilding out and the spirit shouting on Sunday. Like, that's why we've seen all of this, like, wasn't he a pastor? Or like, didn't they? It's because they did all the spirit work, prayed in tongues, did all that other stuff. But then they never talked about, oh, what really happened to me when I was abused at nine years old? What happened to me when they didn't pick me for the basketball team? What happened to me when I got my first divorce? What happened to me when I had that miscarriage? Like, if you don't do that, it just goes down and you press it and you stuff it and you do it. And then this is what I tell people. It's either going to come out in a healthy way or it's going to come out in a negative way. That's it. Your body was not meant to hold the trauma, the damage, the hurt. And so you can see I'm hype about this stuff, bro, because I've walked through healing. Like people thought like I was like going hard for God in a different season, bro. I am so healthy, healed and ready to help a generation walk in freedom because I know what it is to like just do the spiritual stuff and then not allow God to give us the practical things to be able to change. And it was like, I don't know, the past four years of my life, bro, it went from like living in black and white to to living in HD full color. And man, I'm just grateful. I want that for everybody. I think what you're speaking to really is just a holistic approach to the gospel, right? When we're we're to the three part being that we are and I think that's super, super significant. And something that you mentioned in the book, why I think this is so important is the fact that like what you don't deal with now will be transferred to the other generations. And as people who are young, as we're walking out our youth, just trying to figure out our life, what's next, purpose, all of these things, we may not always really have a perspective of looking 10, 15 years down the line of, yo, if I just allow this to continue what the ramifications of this can really be and having that mindset of understanding that we serve a generational God, right? He cares about our descendants, what's next, the legacy that we leave and also what we're giving them. And that's not a physical inheritance either. We can pass on the spiritual things that we have, the emotional trauma that we never dealt with. And so why is that so significant, so important near to your heart and what you speak to even in damage, but not destroy, because I know it's something that people need to hear. Cause sometimes something we put off, like, no, I have time. I can figure it out. Like that's usually our mindset, especially during this time. Yeah. 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 So, so let me tell you this. I'm 36. I was 21 yesterday. Like it goes by that fast. Like, no, 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 no. My daughter just turned 10 two days ago. Like Mm -hmm. what? Like, how in the world I've been married to my wife for f- almost 14 years. I met her when I was 15 years old. She was my high school sweetheart. We've been married 14 years. Like what? Like 
life, it goes by like that. And what you don't understand is that what is not transformed in you is transferred. So like the anger that you have, if you just keep rocking with it, you're going to affect the people you say you love the most with the things that hurt them the most if you don't start dealing with those things right now. So that's why I say it takes self-awareness. Like you're 20, you're 19, you're 21, you're 18 listening to this, you're 24. Like before you put everybody else in jeopardy, why don't you start saying, all right, yeah, I know I want this in my career. I want this. I want to live in this type of house by the time I'm 30. I want to do this. But like, let's start making emotional goals. Let's start making like soul goals. Like, I no longer want to be gripped by comparison by the time I'm 30. Like, ain't nobody writing that on a vision board. (laughs) Comparison. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like what if what if some of the things that we're talking about is like, I want to be able to actually forgive my mother by by this time next year. I, I want to actually go to Thanksgiving and Christmas and not be mm. triggered every time I see that person or that cousin or that. Uh, like, why don't we start making emotional goals that actually will increase the quality of life that we live? Because a lot of times when we go places and when we do things. All we're really trying to do is protect ourselves because we have not dealt with the the hurt. And so if I have a scar or a cut, what I do, I put a Band-Aid on it because I don't want nobody to touch it. Some of us are walking around like mummies right now because our whole life, we don't want nobody to touch it. We don't want nobody to get close to it. And so we isolate. And that's not the way of the kingdom. That's not how God intended for us to live. And so. I'm just telling you as a big bro, like I'm telling you as a big cousin, I'm telling you right now, like if you don't deal with the pornography addiction at 20, it will be with you at 40. And you will accidentally leave something up when your kids go to Amazon to look for uh, something and you will be the introduction to how they get sucked into the same thing. The enemy is not new with his tactics. Like it will be an accident. But it will be an accident because you did not deal with your issues like, okay, don't deal with how you talk to the people in your life. When I get angry, I just black out. I'll just say anything like don't push me past my blackout moment. And okay, one day you're going to black out and you're going to damage your daughter and you're going to call her something that she never was supposed to be called by her father. And now her view of God is going to be messed up as well as every man that she's attracted to is going to be somebody that I guess it's okay that they call me these things because my dad did one time. I'm telling you, what is not transformed is transferred. And that's why we talk about generational habits and generational um, 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 cycles. We need to talk about generational blessings and generational cycle breaking. And that can happen when you say, you know what, I'm damaged but I'm not destroyed. I'm going to take all this trauma. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm not going to go away from it. I'm going to go towards it. I'm going to bring it to the feet of Jesus. Then I'm going to turn this trauma into triumph with the help of the grace of God. Yeah. Now heavy on the generational blessings. I remember when uh, I looked through your book and I saw that you had dedicated this one to, it was your grandchildren. And when yes, I saw that, I knew I was like, he's tapped in. He knows, he knows what's <laughs> up, bro. I've never seen that in my life. He was like, yo, I'm setting y'all up like generational blessings. So once I saw that, 
automatically knew that you already had the the right mindset in in that in that sense. So I love that. I, I had to put that in there because y'all got to know that. Hey, bro, that's what right. God blesses. Like I, for anybody, just the forward. If you if you get the book, I literally dedicated this entire book to my grandkids, and my oldest daughter mm. is ten right now. I don't have no grandkids, <laughs> but 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 that's right, but right. I will. Like like that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Like I'm 36 now, but I'll be 56. I'll be 66. I'll be mm. 76. And I want my grandkids to get this book right here, and I want them to say my granddad yep. was real. Like. He he showed us the way like this is an inheritance. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. This is my inheritance. Like I hope to leave them a house and some money yeah, and a whip that. like I hope to. But, but it, all of that, like I want to do all of that. But if I could leave them emotionally healthy, they'll be able to get the whip. They'll be able to get the car if they're spiritually strong. They'll be able to have relationships yeah. that last. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? And so, yeah, like. It, it it is it is my crazy faith that I would dedicate a book to right. my grandchildren, but I just believe that's the type of swag I want to be yeah. on with God. It's like you said, a good man does this. I want to be a good man, and and we're going to help. Not just do you know how many people leave their kids money and they jacked up, they commit suicide, yeah, they, they they are they're they're empty on the inside. That means that the material cannot be the pinnacle of fulfillment right. in life. It has to be something deeper. And uh, yeah, y'all y'all should all get the book so you can uh, check yeah. that out. Yeah. That's, a <laughs> yeah, sir. that's a fact. That's a fact. And I wanted to really quick, I wanted to backtrack a little bit to the conversation we were having about um, therapy. And I I always look at damage like an opportunity. And it's either going to be. It's, all, it's either going to be an opportunity for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of hell. And I think that's why it's important that we are taking okay. these practical steps like therapy, um, like community, like the things that you mentioned, so that we can use this for an opportunity for God's glory and our transformation. Right. But yeah. I also think that for some people, that's a hard it, it's it doesn't make sense. Like, how can my mistake? How can this thing that I went through? turn into something for God's glory, right? Sometimes that's, that's a hard thing yeah. to see. So I guess my question yeah. to you is like, how have you seen that in your own life? Do you have any practical examples or just oh any, like anything know. that you could say? Like, <laughs> It's my whole <laughs> life. What are we talking about? No, no, no. I, but right, I got right. what you're saying. It, it, reminds, it reminds me of the man who Jesus heals um, that could not walk, but then he, he goes to walk away and he tells him, but pick up your mat. He was like, don't leave your mat. Don't leave the scene of your greatest downfall or your failure. I want you to roll that mat up and I want you to take right. it with you because I want everybody that sees you from now on. I want them to know that I did a miracle mm -hmm. in your life. And, and, and for me, that's my right. whole life. Like, bro. That's fire. Yeah. Like uh, how many stories? <laughs> do you want like that? Cause like. I could, Yo, I can literally go from, I can literally go, from, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can literally go from the time where I'll tell this story. I think it's funny and I think it'll be educational for everybody <laughs> in the same age bracket too. Um, when I was about 21, um, I bought a Land Rover mm. and I just always wanted to stun on people. Like I wanted to like I pr pride yeah. on high. Like I just wanted you to know, like I got, and I ain't have enough money to have no Land Rover, but you know, you get the old model and yeah. you deck it out and you put a whole bunch of air fresheners in it and you just trying to stunt. Long story short, if anything breaks on a, a Land Rover, it costs mm. an arm and a leg. So something broke on my Land Rover. It was in the shop for like eight months because I couldn't pay for it to actually get fixed. Finally gets fixed. I pull it out 
on the day it's snowing, like the worst snowstorm that Tulsa has ever seen. I didn't put insurance back on it because I didn't think like that it lapsed. So it was like, ah, I don't need insurance though. I'm literally driving it from the place to my house, get in a car accident. Okay. Get in a car accident. Thing spins off. The dude who hit me goes off the highway another way. So he just leaves the scene. I'm there with another guy. I ran into him after the dude ran into me, all this other stuff. And I'm like, yo, I don't got no insurance. The dude's like, we can handle it, all this other stuff. Long story short, I just remembered the Geico commercial. <laughs> and lizard. it was like, you could get insurance <laughs> in 15 minutes or less. And I was like, well, I'm going to call and get insurance right now. And so they're asking me. And then I filed the claim like, yeah, y'all need to fix my car. Da, 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 da. And they're like, did you have uh, insurance at the time of the accident? And me being manipulative in my mind because it wasn't renewed. I was like, I had insurance on the day of the accident. And they said, sir. Did you have insurance at the time of the accident? Yes, I had it on the day of the accident. And I'm right. thinking I'm being slick and finessing. Long story short, three years later, three, I'm a youth pastor now. That's crazy. I'm in front of people all the time. Hey, bro, these cats came after mm. me. Like unmarked cars, car insurance fraud. Like, I'm like, what is going? I mean, it's something out of a movie. And literally, I had to turn myself in. Like, I'm a youth pastor telling kids what to do right. Mm -hmm. And a decision I made that damaged me, like, years before, came back to hit me now at the worst time. I wish they would have done it at the time when I right, wasn't a youth pastor. Ministry, it could have been right. something. No. Bro, I wasn't even in ministry. Came back. I had to literally turn myself in. I had to get up in front of my whole church and tell them what happened. Like, like Sunday morning. Like, it it is like the worst nightmare. Like, but God told me, he said, your value didn't change. You did something stupid, but the whole time your value didn't say change. I had to do community service. I had to do all of this stuff and stuff. When I got booked into jail, I, I, I went in there and I was witnessing the whole time sitting in the holding cells. God said, I can use this. If you let me, you're not what you did, but I can redeem this. So when I walk in there, bro, I went and got a fresh haircut. I put on a suit and a jacket. My mugshot was fire, bro. I like went in there. I was like, let's go. I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to sit right. in shame when I know that was three years ago when I was a different right. person. And God was like, use this. So literally I, I go in, turn myself in Wednesday morning. I get out by six o'clock Wednesday night. I go preach Wednesday night youth group and then I get up Sunday morning, tell the church what happened. And then Sunday night, I said, I'm going to preach a message called locked up. They won't mm -hmm. let me out and talk to him like right. I used what happened to me to give yeah. God glory. And again, everybody won't have that same situation, but there is something in any right. situation that God can use if you will allow him to. Now, did it take me being humble? Yes. Did it take me being transparent? Yeah, I could have acted like none of that happened and hope nobody would have ever found out. But would have God have gotten the glory from it? No, wow. I would have just been trying to preserve my name. But it's his name that needs to be made great. It's his name that needs to be lifted up. Less of me, more of him. And that's why I think that for me, the only way I can be is a hundred. The only thing that I can do right. is tell the truth. The only thing I can do is fail forward, knowing that the grace of God is covering me as I learn the disciplines I need to do. And so, yeah, I got 50 million stories, like my right. whole life 
is and, and and then if you don't want to use my story, look at the right. Bible. Every person yep. we sing about, every person that we talk about, every person that we quote their Bible stories, all of them people were yep. damaged. All of those people were liars and manipulators and people. Oh, they were people. Wow. That's the one. They were people That's just like one. us. And it's God's grace. And it's his direction and his instruction and his guidance. And then the gift of the Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth. It's him who allows us to do the things that God calls us to do. And so for everybody that's sitting back and being a super Christian, which I call a Pharisee and judging people and trying to figure it out, maybe you need to turn the table and see, is there anything in me? That I need to go back to God and I need to bring to him so that I can actually do the work that I need to do. Because if we would all mind our own business and deal with the damage God's called us to deal with, destiny would be popping up everywhere. Like, I'm telling you, bro, I'm in. I'm in the zone, bro. I'm in the flow of my life because I've actually done the hard work. And so, yeah, I would just encourage people, man. And I give like 50 other examples in the book of like how jacked up situations have turned into situation that God has gotten glory out of. For sure. And I believe this goes into what it means to be at the king's table in the sense that, (laughs) you know, people may be reluctant to your point of getting in a state where it's all about preserving my name instead of God getting the glory from whatever this may be. And I believe that when yeah, we don't dog. know whose we are, we don't really understand what we have access to. Yep. And I think yes, that's the fear of, well, like, I don't know what God can really even do with this. And that is an issue yes. of not really grasping, acknowledging, recognizing position of sonship, a son and daughter of God, what that means and you know what he can do because we're his his children and we're part of this family and it's something yeah. that you talk about so like what like what's the significance of that and the, what does that even really like mean in this totality of like the king's table you you you're talking you talking kingdom language you talking heavy right now My the people ain't ready bag. for the kingdom you know, like, like, hey bro <laughs> I'm telling you people not ready for the kingdom dog like it, it it's it's different Fair. like a Christianity is different, especially in the West, Mm -hmm. than living like a kingdom life. Like living, okay, so so the Americans, Western uh, um, USA, like we don't really know nothing about a kingdom because we've always had democracy. Like, so we got a president, we elect people, we we do all of the different things to make sure who we want is in there. In a kingdom, you don't even have an opinion. Like, went in the kingdom like if we were able to go to london or something like that like the king's kids automatically have rights that other people do not have that is what we have when we accept jesus as our personal lord and savior we become royalty we are joint heirs the bible says with christ and so with that what i tell people all the time the reason why this process of going through a healing journey And walking through your damage and like all this is important is because we literally deal with stuff we don't have to if we literally don't embrace who God calls us. He says, you're my son. You're my daughter. 
You can walk in healing. You can walk in freedom. You can walk in wholeness. You don't have to deal with depression. You don't have to deal with these things. But if you don't accept that, then you feel like, well, this is normal life for everybody. He's like, you're not normal. You're royalty. You, 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 you're mine. Like, you don't have to do that. I went on the cross and I, I took stripes and bruises for your iniquities and your sin and your healing. Like, you don't got to do that. But if you choose to, like, dang, like, I don't want you to live like that. I got so much. And that's why in the in the book, I have a, a chapter called Pull Up a Chair. Mephibosheth, in his story, the king comes and finds him. And, and everybody thinks like us that the king is about to kill him. Like, yo, like, you got to hear the whole story. But basically, like... Mephibosheth should have died because of who he was related to. But the king, David, said, no, 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 no. I'm about to give you an inheritance and you will always have a seat at my table. Oh, this is a type and shadow of what God does for us. No matter what you've done, no matter what I feel like (laughs) preaching now, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how bad it's been, the king, our God, says, I'm about to give you an inheritance you didn't even work for. And I'm about to give you a seat at my table. I'm about to pull up a seat and allow you to experience grace. And the beautiful thing ah, about Mephibosheth's story, like our story, is where was Mephibosheth damaged? In his legs. Well, when you pull up a seat to a table, the thing that is not exposed is your legs. Ah, do, do, Do you see what I'm saying? So the very part... That everybody would be like, that's why he jacked up. God says at my table, that's not what they're going to know you for. At my table, they're going to know you because of your association with me. Not because you was a hoe, not because you was a, a finesser, not because you was a drug addict, not because you were super religious. All of those things were the damage. But pull up a table to the table of grace. And when you sit at this table, they will know you. Who is that? Oh, that's Mephibosheth. Who is that? That's that's Chase. Who is that? That's Blake. Who is that? That's Ashley. And they're they're in good relationship with the king. Like, I bet people was hating who had been in the kingdom for a long time. And they was like, why has he got a seat like at the table? It didn't matter because their position was secured because of the relationship that they had with the king. I just want to encourage somebody listening right now. Pull up his chair. Let the grace of God cover you. Like, like, let God fight your battles. Like we sing that song, but like in real life, like you don't got to explain to everybody the transformation God's doing in your life. You don't have to convince even family members that God's doing something in me. Sometimes they don't get it until it's done. Like sometimes they don't understand it and you can still be honoring and you could still have grace and you could still do that. But like God, God never calls a committee. He calls you per individuals. And when he calls those individuals, they have to obey him. And I just believe there's so many people that have to go on a journey to figure out, all right, God, how do I deal with what happened to me? And how do I get to this place? And I'm telling you, God's grace is bigger than any mistake. The Bible says it like this, where sin abounds, the grace of God much more abounds. Like there's more of that than that. And um, if I could tell anything to this generation, our generation, the people that are listening to this, it's like, God is not defining you by your damage. So why would you? That's it. Pull up a chair. Pull up a chair. Pull so up a chair. This is a question that honestly, if I, I told myself, if I had the opportunity, I always wanted to ask you 
And I feel like this definitely relates so much to even the last point that you mentioned that God isn't defining us by our damage. So why would we? And I think that, you know, for me yeah. personally, I know that I've gone through seasons and moments where when I'm taking the steps to move forward from my past or what may have happened, sometimes not I'm met with resistance because of like public opinion, their perception, what people yeah. have to say. And so I believe for whatever reason, since I don't think they'll move on, that I don't have the ability to because of what they'll continue to say, mm. what the blog will be, whatever someone will come up years later saying, oh, well, this was that. Yep. And since we sometimes are so bound to that perception and what people have to say, that can leave us you know, still in this cycle. I believe that the enemy, of course, can't silence God at all. So he has to make everything around our life louder to try and silence his mm. voice. And I, in a spiritual context, I like to call that noise, essentially. Anything that's disrupting yeah. what he says about you, what he is calling you to. And so my question to you is, how have you dealt with noise? In your, yeah, in, your in your ministry, across your life, how's that evolved? Especially with you being on one of the biggest stages like in the world. Like what is what does that relationship look like of like silencing that and like just focusing in on like no yeah. like this is what God is saying because I think a lot of people struggle with that. I'm about to give y'all the keys. <laughs> See, if this is why you got to be interviewed by the right people and y'all got to ask the right questions. These brothers right here is asking the right questions. Y'all getting stuff ain't nobody getting. Okay, so so I'm gonna give you for real. Number one, I didn't ask for this platform. God gave it to me. So the, the first thing is I feel like, and I'm going to talk to everybody like a big brother right now, okay? I feel like there are too many people going after platforms that God did not give them. So when you go after it, then it can control you. Because if you get it, you have to keep it. The reason why I'm not attached to none of this is because I didn't want it. This ain't mine. I was good in the hood of North Tulsa doing my thing with 300 people and doing my examples and doing it. They loved it. I didn't ask for YouTube to blow up. I didn't ask to go from 1800 to 200,000 YouTube subscribers in one month. I didn't ask to like, I didn't ask for none of this, but if God gives you something, it is your responsibility to steward over it. And so when God increased, I had to steward over it. And and my, my friend Darius Daniel says it like this. And there's always a backside to the blessing. And so a lot of people, they're praying for one thing that they're not even thinking about the other thing that comes with it. So like, yeah, followers, influence, all this other stuff goes up. But the truth of the matter is so does criticism. So does not being able to go to Target and just right. like go in my house shoes and get something and come out. So does like my daughter's being stopped and like nobody thinks about all of that. And so what I'm telling this generation is stop going after it. Let God give it to That's you. Good. That's so good. Because so if you don't go after it and he gives it to you, you don't have to hold it up. He will. God holds up everything that he gives you. And and. Everything, I say it like this in crazy faith. I said, everything you do outside of God, you have to sustain. But everything you do in God, the things that he told you to do, he will help you sustain it. And so that's the first thing. Um, so anytime I've been criticized or um, anytime that the noise has gotten louder, um, I, I remember I didn't do this. <laughs> like 
I didn't go after this. God, this is on you. If you want my platform to decrease, I'm good. Like, if you want to take followers away, I'm good. If people want to lead a church, Gucci. I don't like I am. My identity is not attached to people's opinions. And once that happens, you become dangerous. Like, because you can obey God fully. Think about Moses. Do you know how many people were probably commenting on on what he was doing? Or think about, let's go to Noah. I mean, he's literally building an ark and it's never rained before. If he if there was Twitter and Instagram back then, th- like think about the blog sites. Like, think about like, there he go again, this fool crazy. He out there with his kids. Noah out like, but as soon as that drop came, as soon as the first drop came, everybody was like, mm. And that's what I always tell myself and tell our team. I said, I believe that if we obey God, we stay humble, we stay in prayer, history will be on our side. No matter what's happening today, no matter what's going on right now, no matter what they're saying, I said, history will be on our side because we know we didn't try to do this. The second thing that I, I tell people is you have to have a place to disconnect. I ask everybody that is here, when do you turn all of your social medias off? Because if it's on 24 7, 365, it will take control of your mind, will, and emotions. So for me, practically, every Sunday night at eight o'clock, I have a Sabbath and I rest from all work. Like, and that would be the time where I really should hype up because we right. just preached the message and everybody's commenting and thousands of people are watching and the Holy Spirit says, shut it down. Because if you go there for affirmation, if it ever turns into criticism, The same thing that you get from it will be the same thing that tears you down. So from eight o'clock on Sunday night to eight o'clock on Monday, I don't see nothing. I don't know who's saying what. I don't know what's going on. Like, And what it does is it detoxes me from needing as well as feeding. So, So those two different things, a lot of people are needing what's coming from social media and all that stuff. And then a lot of people are feeding from it. And you need to divorce yourself from both of those things so that you can actually know who you are in God. And then every summer, I do a longer extended, like at least 40 to 60 days, I'm off of it. Like I'm gone. I just right. came back to social media a couple weeks ago. And what it does every time is it reminds me that God is doing a work in me that it's a blessing to be able to connect with people, but I'm connected to him and that mm, God could choose somebody else if he wants to. It's sobering. It's humbling. It's right. humbling. Wow. It, it lets mm-hmm. you know that, man, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of what God's saying. So, so you got to disconnect to make sure that the noise does not control you. And then, I mean, Psalms 119, how does a young man or young woman keep his way pure? He hides himself in the word of God. And so like, you got to get in that Bible because without that, if you lose track, keeping your focus on Jesus, I mean, all of us can drift. <laughs> like, I don't care who you are. If you lose focus and it's about the followers and the paid ads and whatever else you getting 10,000, getting a blue check or whatever the thing is, if that becomes your source and where you're looking to, you can start to drift, man. And so I've been fortunate to have great people around me who no matter what season and when things blow up or go down, that they remind me of why we do what we do. And uh, number one person in that is my wife. Man, make sure y'all marry the right person. Because if you don't, like, it will change the way that you see life and you do life. And Natalie, Diane, Todd, she has been the best gift from God to me because she don't care about none of that. 
She don't care about social media. She don't post barely nothing. She want to be in real life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that has just given me so much, like, to be able to shut the noise down and focus on his voice. That's the one. I needed that. That's good. I had a question, but he he already answered it. Got to it. Yeah, yeah, he answered it in that response. So, so one of the last things, like when we when we think about the book, and this is something that you've alluded to, we've talked about this entire conversation. But what is one of the main themes, points, messages that you really want everyone that comes across it that's able to read the contents that are inside to just take away and like take with them in their journey, in their process, in their healing. Yeah, man. If I could get one thing to everybody listening, I would say the value is still in you. Like, like I want everybody to hear me say that the value that God put in you, no matter what people did, no matter what you did, no matter what the economy or COVID or um, the college did, no matter what has happened to you, the value is still in you. I think of this story. My mom uh, and dad were in full-time ministry as long as I can remember. And they live by faith. Like, so if people would have them come speak, they they might have some money. If they didn't, they we was just praying for God to give us groceries and all that other stuff. And uh, I remember my mom taking us to the grocery store, warehouse market, and she would go past all the name brand stuff and she would go to the dented and damaged aisle. And I know everybody don't know nothing about that because you Uber and Uber eats and you getting people to deliver your food and all that other stuff. Y'all don't even know nothing about that. But if you would back in the day, you only ate what you cooked. And so we would go to the dent and damaged aisle and we would look at the stuff and the boxes would be ripped and the labels would be torn off of stuff and the cans would be dented in. But she would look at it because she was a master chef and she knew that the can could be dented. Or the box could be ripped, but it wasn't about the outside. It was about the content on the inside. And she would take what other people had discounted, would 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 ignore. And she would take it up the, to the front proudly because she knew it didn't have to stay in that container. And she would take it to the house and she would put it in the pan and put some seasoning on it and put a little fire on it. And it would become one of the greatest tasting meals we had ever had. And I have four brothers. It was five Todd boys. And we killed it every night. Like what? Like we ate everything. This is a perfect picture of what I believe the master chef God can do with our life. Even if our, our container has been ripped or our packaging has been damaged or the label has been pulled off of us. Our life may be dented in at this moment. But if if God can take what you have and know that the content on the inside of it is still good, there's still value in it. And, he, and, and sometimes he puts it in a little fire. He, he actually puts it in something that can really bring the flavor out of our life. It becomes a delicious meal or a delicious life or the scripture that I'm reminded of, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Like my life can be something good because the value is still in me. So I don't care what you've walked through. I don't care who took something from you. Even I don't care if it's something that you lost and you feel like you'll never get it back. I just want to be an encouragement, a big brother, a a big cousin, a, a voice that's walked through it, a coach to let you know that God can still use the value that's in you. Everything is redeemable in the hands of our King. And if you feel broken, if you feel lost, if you feel um, hurt, if you, if you feel hopeless, I want you to know that there's still value in you. And if you bring all your damage to the King, he's the only one that can take all your damage 
and it can lead to your destiny. Your pain can really become your platform. And I just want everybody to know that. Value still in you. That's, That's the one. So, Pastor Mike, I like that. man, I've, I've genuinely enjoyed this. Me I think too. it's been Me the too. most present. Oh, this, Listen. this, we might have to do this uh, every <laughs> month. We what might have that? to like, hey, we might have to run this back. Cause it, again, I don't know. Y'all have pulled something else out of me because I see myself in y'all. Like, and I just, I just, I want everybody listening and watching to understand like, this is a treasure right now to have these two brothers that are um, this intentional about their walk with God, that they would publicly um, walk this thing out and, what I call progression, not perfection. Yeah. Like y'all, y'all don't right, know everything. Right. You're just trying to study and 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 listen and hear from God and all that other stuff. Man, so many people are stuck at the starting line because they want to be perfect. And I'm just proud of y'all that you're not perfect. You're progressing, and you're 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 letting God change you daily, and you're transforming. Like I just. I just wish more people would take that step because it's changing so many people's lives. And I just, as a big bro, as somebody who cares about what this looks like as we go forth, man, I'm proud of y'all. Like this is, this is next level, like living for God. It's It's kingdom. That's what it is, bro. And so I just want y'all to know that I'm super proud of y'all and everybody should follow this podcast. Y'all should donate. I don't even know if it's a donate situation. Y'all should like y'all should just do everything because this is this is what's going to make a difference For in sure. people's lives. And I, and I just want to say it's one thing. Also, I also want to just mention like, you know, like I honor you, honestly, and I appreciate your yes. Yeah. You know, because I like. Of course, like I can't even see the behind the scenes of what it looks like, but I know like the <laughs> sanctification, the process of discipline and like everything else that comes with the weight of what you do. Um, mm. The impact that it's having, the spiritual warfare attached to it, yep. it's not easy, right? You yes. have the anointing, yeah. the oil that makes it look so light because of the gift right. um, and the way you manage it well. Um, and I just want to say I appreciate you. So thank you for coming on. Yes, like, thank you. Thank you. All right, man. I got two little brothers now. Where y'all live? Where, where y'all? Where y'all at? We actually. What state y'all live in? What we city? Louisville, yeah, Kentucky. Louisville, yeah, we're not Kentucky. far from Tulsa. Kentucky. Yeah, we Kentucky. We in the Midwest. Hey, bro, y'all gotta come. Yes, definitely. Y'all gotta yeah. come. If hey, if y'all can get down here for conference, I got y'all. Yo, why did y'all? If if if, if we can, we can. October. When is it? October 11th through the 13th. I'm saying it live on the podcast. <laughs> if y'all want to come through. I got Say you. We hop in Say the whip. Y'all less. get down here. My little brother's got to be at the situation. Love, yeah, we're gonna love. Be there. We're we appreciate be there. you. So look, y'all gonna make sure. Easy. I'm gonna have my All team. Right. Let's make it connect. happen. Yeah. So look, y'all make sure go buy the book. Damage yep. but not destroyed. Out fire. Crazy. Tough. Like just. Oh oh oh! I gotta show What's y'all up? one yeah, thing yeah, real yeah, quick on the yeah. back of the book. Okay. So this yeah. is the front of the book. The the publisher wanted me to smile, <laughs> but this is my cover right Ooh, here. I like I like that right, one. That look was at this. To me. Good. Okay, so <laughs> that's me too. But I knew it would appeal yeah, to the next gotcha. generation. But let me explain yeah, go ahead, go ahead. it, bro. This is me, my father, my four brothers, and my son. This is three generations of Todd's. So like you got to see. This is my eye. This is my son MJ's eye. When I talk about like generational right. it looks like me this is my dad's cheat those are my brother's faces like we all look like the people we're around and if we do not deal with our damage we end up affecting all of them 
Like, when you talk about, like, this is, to me, the oh. hardest, like, oh. like Yo. picture of, like, like, why am I going to deal with this? Because I can affect all of these people. Like, so Look, anyway, I just yeah, had to share that. It, that's the one. I just had to share that. Damage yeah, will not destroy it everywhere. Bad,